In the focus. General election night special. On air, online and on campus. This is Demon FM. Good evening and welcome to Demon FM. This is the In Focus special for the general election. It is such a big night and for that we have a massive team. I'm David Evans, your host for tonight. We also have Tom Fair. He's going to be doing a little bit of news reading, updating us with some constituency announcements, but also he'll be down at the polls and accounts for Leicester, the three areas for that later. We also have panellists Amir Iqbal, Leo Venturi, Philippa Blakely and Jack Vines. In terms of other news readers, we have Daniel Deakin, Laura Cumbwa, and we also have Catherine Markham and Martha Evans producing us this evening to get the show going. It is a massive one and I am incredibly excited to tell you that we can bring you the live broadcaster's exit poll as it happens tonight with Tom Fair. Tom, what's going on? What's going on? Well, I've only got numbers for you. Would you like to wear them? Yes, please. Let us know what the country is predicted to vote tonight. Well, Conservative majority, I can tell you that. So the Conservatives are predicted to get 368 seats, Labour 191, which is massive, SNP 55, Liberal Democrats 13, Plaid Cymru 3, Greens 1, Brexit Party 0, and others, Independents and such, 22. So there's some pretty big numbers for the main parties and some pretty low numbers for the other parties. We're going to discuss all of this over the next 20 minutes. In Focus, General Election Night Special. Right then, so let's jump into it. So, Jack, first, what are you thinking on this exit poll? What does it mean? So, I know that exit polls are notoriously unreliable, as we've seen in the past, but that is an astounding result for Boris Johnson, if we're being perfectly honest, if that comes true or anywhere close to that one. Yeah. Okay. I I have to admit, I'm quite shocked at Mm. that. It is. That is yeah. definitely a landslide. I, I mean, is a landslide the right word to use? Yes. Yes, I'm seeing nods. Having nearly 200 seats more than your nearest rival, that is a landslide. That is crazy. Uh, Philippa, what are you thinking on that one? It's very exciting. If this is replicated, I am going to be one happy lady. I think that we need a majority besides the politics we need a majority either way for something to happen so i think if boris can pull this off i might be crying by 3am we don't know yet <laughs> we know what your opinions are leo, <laughs> leo let us know what are you thinking about this exit policy i totally agree with jack it's like it's there these are huge numbers and uh, i'm quite shocked i wasn't expecting that but they are exit polls so um, in my opinion we just need to wait a little bit and get the things going and I'd like to add some caveats to that. There are some potentially big scalps that could be taken tonight. So even with a majority, say, for the Conservatives, maybe a hung parliament, there could be some big players taken out potentially tonight in voting, and that may cast a cloud over what we see over the next coming days. Moving on to Boris Johnson, did anyone see that story this week about the fact that he hid in a fridge? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the laughs as a yes. Yes, yes. So it was on This Morning, Good Morning Britain time on ITV. Um, he was, I don't know why he was in a fridge, but Piers Morgan was outside a fridge and suddenly he was inside a fridge. Um, and quite frankly, um, he, he just decided not to talk to the media. Um, can anyone make any sense of that? Well, I mean, he seems to have dodged the media quite well 
the selection, if I'm being perfectly honest. I'm sure Philippa would disagree, but of course, not going on Jeremy Vine's BBC Radio 2 interview, avoiding Andrew Neil's interview as well. Not going to the climate change debate on Channel 4 and now avoiding questions from Good Morning Britain. I'd be interested to see what you say. Well, I don't think that he's particularly avoided the media. Yes, there is some interviews, obviously, that he's not done. Um, but I think it's about getting out, mixing with the public. And if the exit poll is to be believed, then clearly this the public like him and the public are supporting him and appreciate that he's been out and about. As for the fact that he's hiding in the fridge, I think Boris Johnson's opinion on just the media in general is any sort of news is good news. Just being in the press is good enough news for him. So I think he does these sort of stupid things and charismatic things to try and just get some media attention because, you know, it makes him more popular and it gets his name out there over Jeremy Corbyn. I kind of... I get that because... He, yeah, you're, you're making yourself news, you're putting yourself in the headlines for something that's not horrendous. You're not doing one of these massive political gaffes that we've seen. All, all you're saying is, I'm not going to do an interview, but you're on the front page of all of the newspapers mm. because of that. But then if you want some actual real publicity and you want to talk about what you're doing, then surely going on to these shows and actually having an opportunity to talk through with an interviewer about what your party wants to do, what your manifesto is, surely that's actually a better way of getting yourself out there. I think it's a better way if you can, if you know that you, what you're going to say is completely foolproof, no one can cut any sort of hole in what you're saying. But I think if we look at Jeremy Corbyn and when he had that terrible interview with Andrew Neil I think that just made it worse for Jeremy Corbyn and I think for Boris Johnson he's got to weigh up hasn't he between do I want to look like I'm avoiding this interview or do I want to have it ripped into and me look even worse and no one vote for me and I think he went with the right decision for him and the Conservative Party in as much as I disagree with him avoiding it in the first place it would have been ten times worse if he'd been ripped to shreds and he would have been in the press for a negative thing whereas avoiding the media is less negative than your manifesto being terrible. So I saw somewhere that he's one of the first or maybe the first Prime Minister candidate in many, many years to not do this type of interview. All the others do them and have done them in all these years and then suddenly this year Boris Johnson said, no, I'm just, I'm just not going to do that. Um, do you think that's right? I do. I don't think that we should... I think that the TV interviews anyway are very... You're never going to get an impartial audience. And I know that it's trying to bring politics to the masses. But at the end of the day, it just creates greater confusion. I think there's always a bias. And I just think that it makes it more difficult. I think that Boris Johnson, as much as he's not doing what other people have traditionally done I think that it will help him in the long run because it means that there's less to criticise him for if people are he's sort of controlling what people know and I know that might not be right and that might not be fair but at the end of the day I do think that as much as anything we need a big majority even if it was Labour who were going to have the big majority either way we need the big majority I, I, I can understand why not doing it the media makes sense and and if, if you think that you're not going to be able to hold that then that's fine but if you can't hold up an interview that all the other you know candidates have done then in my eyes doesn't that say something doesn't that say something about you 
I think it, yeah, possibly. I think it's also could suggest, while it could suggest that he's being a bit of a scaredy cat and doesn't want to look like a rabbit in the headlights, it could also suggest that he's playing the game. At the end of the day, in my opinion anyway, politics is just a game. Um, Leo, what are your thoughts on kind of the truthfulness of some things people say and whether that's okay? Yeah, like, in my opinion, that's a huge problem because we don't, even we, you know, famous people in general, we, we need to, like, separate the character and the politician in my in my opinion I know that I totally agree with you with the fact that now everything is kind of collapsed together and it's mixed up but um, a lot of people still and that's why um, TV in general is so important because that is true everything that you were saying is totally true but it's even a way for shaping new minds and maybe not a lot of people uh, read a newspaper and uh, get you know get um a lot of news and just like information about uh, politics so mm, yeah I think it's necessary for them like to just show up and you know have have a go with it In Focus General Election Night Special Yes, welcome back to the In Focus Election Night Special. Uh, Tom, what's new in your corner of the room with all those computer screens? Well, I can give you a little bit of historical context on what this exit poll means. So Boris Johnson would have done better in the last 40 years than any Conservative leader, apart from Margaret Thatcher in 1983 and 87. Oof. Big oof. <laughs> so that's better than David Cameron in 2015 and 2010, better than Theresa May, Michael Howard, William Hague, John Major, all gone. Goodness. Better than all of those. But on the flip side, Jeremy Corbyn will have done the worst as a Labour leader since anyone from since 1935. That's, that's long. That's a long time. We are going to be talking a little bit about Boris Johnson and whether he's an effective leader. I, I, I feel like he's not an effective leader. He, he did so many questionable things during Parliament. He did so many questionable things during the campaign. He... There was this video, right, which the Conservative Party filmed, and it was, and he's, and it was an idea which I ha- I'm going to say was plagiarised from one of the Labour MPs, and okay. I really didn't like. I really didn't like how, like, it was it it was blatantly copied, completely copied, but like they put that own twist on it, but like blatantly the idea of the video was copied. I really don't like how the Conservative Party have just done that. Okay, Philippa? I think we all know what I'm going to say, but I genuinely think you might disagree with him, you might not like him, but as a leader and as a Prime Minister, I think he has been extremely effective. He brought us back from the brinks of not knowing anything about what anyone was thinking about Brexit, and he went to the EU, did what no one thought he could, went and changed that deal... And it was, as much as it never got passed in Parliament, I think that's because Parliament was too far gone in their we're just not going to agree on anything and be really difficult motion. He is an effective leader and that people trust him to get the job done. At the end of the day, the job needs doing and I think Boris Johnson has the the power if he gets the majority and has the trust of the Conservative Party. You know, when he was voted in I accept it was by Conservative Party members but he won dramatically he has the trust of the people and I think that people find him 
not like a traditional politician which is why I think he is effective and why he can get things done and I just think that he is the he was the only saving grace for the Conservative Party and I think he's the only saving grace for the country and our stability oh, as a nation I, I'm going to have to disagree like to be honest it's just I, there's loads of things that were revealed what was it only a few days ago or I don't know if it was yesterday I believe one of the EU negotiators said that Brexit even after this is done it's this Brexit issue is still going to keep coming back to us. It's always going to be there until we fully leave, which could be in, you know, years' time. But at the end of the day, we need decision-making. And whilst the Lib Dems have an opinion, and we all know what their opinion is, they were never going to win. Jeremy Corbyn is not trusted with Brexit. Boris Johnson is trusted with Brexit and getting something I mean, done. You might not agree with what his position is on Brexit. But no, I, I was hearing both of you. I kind of understand it, but... Uh, I have to disagree as well. I totally agree with what you're saying. And in my opinion, he is like the best man for conservatives. But I don't really like his attitude and his kind of just the way he does politics. But obviously, it's personal. And uh, But I totally understand what you're saying. But uh, same. Um, it's the same thing that I was um, telling before about building up a character by for himself and kind of not uh, be in the rules uh, I'm not even talking about rules it's just like um, the way of um, saying things and the way uh, and also all the things he said and but same it's just like a personal opinion but I totally understand what you're saying so I think it's like, personality politics yeah. again, isn't it? And I think it's, that was Jeremy Corbyn's charm last time. And that's why he came back from the brinks, you know, in the 2017 election. I think it's all personality and especially with the increase of TV debates and things like that. In focus, general election night special. Yes, welcome back. And we can bring you the breaking news that the Conservative Party has won the majority in the United Kingdom's election. It is 300 at the moment, 333 seats to the Conservative Party, uh, gaining 43, 196 seats to Labour Party, losing 55. Some absolute drastic changes there of almost about 100, if you add them together, difference between the two leading parties. Tom Fair has a bit more on how we got that. Yeah, it'll be seats like these that swung it. Dudley North, which you might remember as Ian Austin's old seat from Labour when he left in the summer. Conservative gain from Labour. Uh, Marco Longhi on 23,134 votes versus Melanie Dudley's 11,601. That's a 16.6% increase in Conservative vote share. We've also got Dagenham and Raynham. Damian, Damian White on 19,175. Oh, we've got news from Bolsover. Dennis Skinner has lost his seat to the Conservatives. I'm still waiting for the numbers on that one, but that's that's a that's a veteran of the Labour Party gone there. Quick look at the social media reaction off the back of the uh, Conservative majority. Um, former frontbencher Yvette Cooper has shown uh, concern that the Labour Party is becoming a party for the cities only. And that's definitely something that we're seeing crop up again and again this evening. Um, also looking across social media, we've got the former Labour MP John Mann has said that areas who won't vote Labour are unambiguous. Uh, meanwhile, Boris Johnson has claimed that his party shall be a one-nation Conservative party, a form of 
conservatism that believes in protecting and providing for the working class. So, on that note, talking about Boris Johnson, our new, well, remaining Prime Minister, I want to get the panel's opinions on what their individual thoughts are on the fact that the Conservative government will be leading at the moment with a uh, majority seats having uh, 340 seats gained so far with still more to come in. Um, We'll start with Amir. What do you think about this government coming in quickly? I really don't like it, to be honest. Why is that? I, I really didn't. To be honest, it's like this whole uh, the whole campaign that the Conservatives were going on was basically Brexit, and they weren't also talking about all the other issues as much because all the other parties had really we had really good really good um, policies policies, and I'm I'm about to say this: if Labour had campaigned with with the intention of taking with it, with Brexit as as a, as another forefront, I think Labour could have Labour could have um, taken over the Conservative majority. You're but saying you're saying Labour could have taken over at if, the moment if 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 they had uh, used um, if they used Brexit, they also focused much more on Brexit and saying that they would take us out of the EU. Yeah, so you're saying that Labour could have had a majority at the moment. The Conservatives have gained 43 seats, and yeah. Labour have lost. 56 seats that's more than just you know the small yes. number of swing seats that we saw do you really think it just came down to brexit i believe it it, it did i believe it definitely did because um as you can see from, a, from from the seats that we've seen tonight people have been voting also not just the conservatives but the brexit party as well and i'm just going to pass it over to Yes, I'm going to actually agree with Philippa for once and say that Labour's Brexit policy would not have won them this election because it's been tragic. Philippa, what's your views on this uh, Conservative majority? Still 340 seats that they've uh, won at the moment. Unsurprisingly, I'm very happy with the outcome of the night. I think besides politics I think it's what the country needed I think we needed a majority whichever way it was going to go and unfortunately I don't think we were ever going to get that with the Labour Party but we needed a majority because now at least something can happen like I'd got to the stage where I was literally like I don't really care at this point I just hope it's a majority and I think finally we can get Brexit through we know what the stances on Brexit we can get it through and after that we can focus on policies at home which is what the country needs because it's been neglected because of Brexit and I think for Jeremy Corbyn he always shied away from facing up to the fact that Brexit is where the the which has taken up all the time for the for parliament recently and I think Boris Johnson faced up to that and he tackled it head on and as much as you might disagree that it was all run on Brexit and it shouldn't have been it had to be because that is what's taken over all of politics at the minute Boris Johnson did that he faced up to it and he's reaped the rewards so I think well deserved Okay brilliant thank you for your insight there Jack do you have a uh, couple of comments on your thoughts Right so Apart from get Brexit done, if it ever happens, because, you know, they've had three and a half years not done so under two different prime ministers. I've got the Conservative manifesto here where they say 
Point number one, extra funding for the NHS for 50,000 more nurses and 50 million more GP surgery appointments per year. They've had nine years. Why haven't they done it? 20,000 more police and tougher sentencing for criminals. Why have they cut 20,000 police officers? An Australian-style points-based system to control immigration. We've already got that system. Millions more invested every week in science, schools, apprenticeships and infrastructure while controlling debt. Why have they taken funding away from schools when we know that children's education is so important? Reaching net zero by 2050, Labour, Green Party have uh, said 2030. Why the Conservatives are leaving it 20 years later when we've already been told that in 12 years' time, our climate will considerably change to the point that there's no return. And also, we will not raise the rate of income tax VAT or national insurance. How are they going to find the funds, therefore, to apparently find us extra funding for the NHS, 20,000 more police? In focus, general election night special. Welcome back to the In Focus Lecture Night Special. The one set of people who probably aren't thinking about bedtime are the Conservatives, because if they are still uh, at work and haven't popped open the champagne yet, they definitely will be soon, because they have won with a thumping majority of 26 seats now, 353 seats gained. Um, let's have a look through their key policies. We're going to throw each of these over to Philippa. Um, she's just going to give us her words on them, um, being from the con- kind of conservative camp herself. And then the two boys either side of her who don't particularly agree with those are going to um, kind of give their thoughts on each of these policies, um, more from a studenty, uh, non-conservative <laughs> point of view. So the first uh, policy that they've got, number one on the list, get Brexit done. And there's not much really you can say about that, is there? But it's thank goodness. Pretty clear. Finally. Indeed. Please just do it. As a Conservative supporter, is it the feeling between Conservatives that you just want it done? Yeah, definitely. I think even I just think that's generally the consensus across the whole country, whether it's whatever your political allegiance or even whether you would vote leave or remain. I think people just want something to happen and a board of not knowing the uncertainty. So I think finally, like for me, I would have voted to leave and I vote Conservative. So that is like the best sentence anyone can ever give me. But obviously I think that is reflected across a lot of people because I think people are just bored of not knowing and nothing okay. being done boys do we have any reaction to uh, oh. that policy it is definitely not being done by the 31st of january yeah and i uh, do not care if boris Johnson says on hell or high water because the brexit deal is not going to appease northern ireland you're going to leave them in a constitutional crisis by willing to put a border on the irish sea and you're going to continue to annoy the bigger party of the smp and the power they've got now with heading towards 50 plus seats in Scotland so you're going to have to go back to the drawer board and ask for another extension because you're not getting that Brexit policy through it doesn't matter that Conservatives have got a majority it's just not going to work uh, and another thing I want to mention just before I come on to my own thoughts is from John Burko he also took a swipe at Boris on Brexit uh, I'm going to, this is from Sky News uh, I know, sorry, sorry, Phil. But um, it's basically Mr. Johnson must be speaking 
from Massive Seeking auto- autobiography when he talks about Brock blocking Brexit because I'm sure he hasn't got a problem with his short term memory this is his words by the way um, he, he he also says that he will know that in two out of the three votes he voted to block Brexit apparently it was alright when he stopped Brexit but when it, anyone else chose to do so a different set of rules apply so this is this is John Burko coming at coming at uh, Boris Johnson with Brexit and he believes that this is very that he's being very ironic and all this lot and in my opinion it's definitely not going to be done till by 31st of January definitely not I believe it, it, there's going to be an extension again in Parliament and I really I really do dread if, if there's no extension then I really do dread what's going to happen well, as Jack mentioned, I mean, it's not going to be good for Northern Ireland and then they might not like it. But before, there's been other parties to counter that, there's been other parties to say that with enough weight between them to have enough of the vote in the Commons to actually say, and enough uh, people who are uh, in the Conservative Party to kind of counter that. But with 354, with another seat just declared for them uh, with the Conservative Party, they've already got a deal that the EU has agreed the EU's agreed that deal. The House of Parliament, all they have to do in House of Commons, they just have to push that deal through and approve it. They've got a majority now. They can do that. They can come back in Monday morning, metaphorically, and just push that through. No, no question. And that's, they? And well, that's I'm a- willing to plunge Northern Ireland into an existential crisis simply because you want to get Brexit done. Absolutely ridiculous I, idea. And that's what I actually fear at the moment because I fear that they can come back and in January they can actually just. Uh, put this, put this uh, on the ha- on the agenda for House of Commons, and actually just force this deal through. And this is really and also why. it doesn't get Brexit done because we'll still be negotiating for over a year and still paying it off for nearly thirty years. We've got a, 50, a thirty-nine billion pound divorce bill but, that we still have to pay over thirty years. So that doesn't get Brexit done. I mean, it I'm, gets Brexit I'm, negotiated. Yeah, okay, but it's not can done. we have can we have uh, Philippa's closing thoughts on that? So give uh, you a kind of response. I just don't think that you'd get anything better off Jeremy Corbyn. I really, really don't. I think the only. I think we have to get Brexit done. It is dem- democratic, and I think Jeremy Corbyn. It'd be even worse, and it'd be Brexit purely in name. But we'd still have all the negatives that come with Brexit, and none of the positives. Whereas at least with this deal, people have voted for it because people knew what they were getting, and look where we are today. Yeah, in an absolute mess. Less of a mess than before. I mean three and a half years and we've gone round in full circle. But that's because there was no majority and no one can agree on anything. It doesn't matter if there was no majority. The Conservatives still held power. They still had a working government with a coalition and they still failed. Because they no still one had agree. They still had the votes. They should have had the votes and they didn't get... They didn't agree a good Brexit deal to bring to the table, which especially, is why they didn't get the especially votes. Especially with the coalition. I mean, this. I mean, with the coalition with the DUP, I believe that if they had sorted out the Northern Ireland issue, the Northern Ireland border, and they, and, and made, made sure that if it was perfectly fine and worked with the DUP... Then I believe that this, I believe that this Brexit would have been done and dealt with. To be honest, and the reason why we're in, reason why, um, this reason why there was all this 
chaos and the Brexit the Brexit wasn't getting done was because of the Northern Ireland, firstly because of the Northern Ireland mm-hmm. issue and the DUP really not wanting to be separate from the rest of the UK. That's evidently not being reflected by the opinions of the voters in the UK. Unfortunately, well, just for people to show how much we care them. about Northern Ireland and also potentially losing Scotland as well. Those are go that that goes down to again as I was saying with we, the votes. We're a United Kingdom with everything. You are we are united. That's the whole. It does point. honestly does not feel like it after today. Well, no, I don't think we are united. I think we need to try and reunite everyone. But at the end of the day, we do have to do Brexit. End of. It's it's undemocratic if we don't. In focus, general election night special. Yes, welcome back to the In Focus General Election Night special. The Conservatives are on 356 seats, Labour on 202, and Lib Dems join the double figures club with their 10th seat coming in. Right then, um, so what we were doing is we were having a quick read through the main policies that the Conservative Party is going to be carrying forward for the country for the next five years or so. Um, So we talked about number one, which is get Brexit done. We shan't dwell on that again. Um, Number two is increase the number of nurses by 50,000. Philippa, um, what is your kind of views on that one? I think if it can be done, it's essential. We've all, I think, agreed that the NHS needs dealing with. So I think that it's important. I think that opening making it more accessible encouraging people into nursing is essential and i think that we do need to increase the number of nurses so as long as that number is not overly optimistic then i have think that it's a perfectly valid policy to instigate okay um do we have any other reaction to that from you why is fifty thousand nurses <laughs> an over why, why, why no, is, no, why I'm not is saying so- it's too many. I'm saying that, that I don't want it to be overly optimistic. I don't want him to say, oh, we can get 50,000 and us get 10,000. Well, I mean, you've cut 20,000, so you're only gaining 30,000. So exactly. So that's perfect. And that's what we need. But I th- what I'm trying to suggest is that if we can't get 50,000, <laughs> then he shouldn't have put it in and I'll be annoyed. But if we can get 50,000, which you seem to think we... we I agree with the policy, but like I don't believe they, they will get it done because, like, to be honest, they've ha- they've been uh, they've had nine years in power, and our NHS is already in the state of the state that is already in. They make these promises pretty much every single time they've done a general election, and they've they, uh, the NHS just keeps on getting worse and worse. And to be honest, I don't know. I don't believe. I don't really believe them. That they will meet the fifty thousand. Even though it's a reason, it's a reasonable target, and other, and that, and like it, it, it should be done. And this, but this is included. And they've they have they have actually mentioned that they've included current training nurses that are the current nurses that are in training at the moment. And I feel that shouldn't be right. I think they're needing. I Why think, not? I think they're they're not currently a nurse. They're not currently what. Tr- like fully qualified as a nurse so surely that makes sense that they added to the increase no because it's also forgetting that a lot of nurses drop out of the program because of how much stress is put on them from an underfunded nhs they don't have 
any maintenance grants at all so they still have to work part-time jobs on top of doing 36 to 50 hours in the nhs to get their degrees because they still can't afford a living funny enough because of how terribly we finance people going to university and this is because of the uh, cut in like all the funding in the nhs and in taxes but i just want to hold off on taxes at the moment because we've got another section on tax increases to be honest and no tax increases so yes we do indeed have a section like that is there any other further comments on the uh, number of nurses uh, before we move on well i mean i also think the need to involve beds as well also the but that's t- why they've got the hospital the hospital um, upgrades. The hospital upgrades is a load of rubbish and you know it. I cannot believe that they've started by saying that we're going to have 40 new hospitals and say actually we're going to have six hospitals and upgrades. That is disappointing. I don't that, see what the issue is as long as you're upgrading them and improving them and increasing the number of beds. Yeah but at the rate at the current... Yeah. Why, why, the, why start but that's just a lie by promising 40 new hospitals and then saying no we're only going to build six. It's a straight up lie. But what's lie? the difference between building one and upgrading another? I think upgrading is the most effective way to do it. You've got the buildings there. You've got the basis to it. So you may as well because upgrade it and improve it. And because, make it we've more closed, because we've closed so many A&E units, which has taken beds away, if you upgrade existing ones, you've still got the fact that we've got less A&Es and less bed spaces for people. But this is, this is all part of them being upgraded. Yeah, but it needs to be more than just upgrades. It needs but to be upgrades. But you've got to start somewhere. You can't just be like, the, this is my issue with the Labour Party. They say, oh, well, we'll do all this that sounds wonderful, and then they don't perform. But but they haven't had the chance to perform. Because, because everyone knows that they just don't. They do perform, though. Like, let's be honest. The NHS was completely fine up until 2010. Why, is, okay, I mean, why have they been in for so long? Like, I mean, you can't say the NHS was fine until 2010. Okay, because yeah, no. I mean, just ask the patients of South Staffordshire hospitals about the issues okay. that happened around there. But it's there. been getting worse and worse. It's, it's been, been gradually getting worse and worse, but there were existing problems that the Conservatives did come into in 2010. So the third policy that they have is no tax increases, VAT, income tax and national insurance. Um, that's something that I think will come welcome to a lot of people, um, but I'm sure that there's argument against it, especially in terms of um, the idea of taxing the richer, which is something that comes to people like the Labour Party. Philippa, what's your thoughts on this? What is there to complain about no tax increases? I think if people, you know, earn their money, then let them earn their money, let them keep it. I just think that people pay their fair share. The system we have at the minute is fair. Those that earn the most pay the most tax. It's fair. I think as long as everything can be funded with no tax increases, why increase the why increase the money the tax for the rich and potentially dissuade people from doing that training to get them into higher paid jobs, uh, earning more money, starting new businesses. Why dissuade that? I mean, I, th- I think that the issue about that is that there's been a lot of criticism about Labour's tax policy. But if you go into the numbers of it, the tax policy itself, increasing the top tax rate from 40% to 50%, only affects earners over £80,000, who are already earning a considerable amount anyway. And the, the increase of that is approximately £5.40 a week. I'm sure you c- that's like... Uh, 
a meal out or a cheap bottle of wine. I'm sure he could do without that for a week to make sure that the very vulnerable in society are properly fed, have got the access to education. At the end of the day, there's a diamond report out this week that we have more food banks in this country than we've got McDonald's. How is that acceptable to allow people not paying their fair share in society get away with it? I'm not suggesting that it is. What I'm suggesting is that if you increase tax, it will disincentivise people and then you end up with a very stagnant economy. The The point of the matter is when there's low tax, people are more inclined to earn more and, you know, train harder, do more training because it gets them more but money. The thing, because, uh, uh, yeah, going back into tax, so um, tax, if you're going to... If you if you're gonna need to properly if you want to properly fund the NHS and properly fund um, the properly fund everything, you need to have appropriate tax levels. At the moment, you can't you can't cut tax to and and continue to fund it. There needs to be appropriate tax levels and to increase it at an appropriate rate. Which, by the way, we are at, we are one of the lowest. We are we do have the lowest corporation tax, which. By the way, if we just increase it by 20%, it would be fair. I think you said already that it's very I have appealing. No yeah, I have no issue with it. Why not? You know, let people keep their money if they earn it. Fantastic. Jack? I think it's incredibly naive to think that we've got a perfect society where people are happy to... I think we need to tell people... We need to get people on board to say look we've got these x situations in this country if you contribute a little bit more then we can alleviate this because at the end of the day if you tell people about the fact that we've got such a crisis in the nhs i talked about the the number of people relying on food banks the fact that teachers are having to buy supplies for their schools because schools don't have enough money for it i feel like if that gets through to people that losing a tiny bit of tax per week may just change the structure of our society in focus general election night special Yes, welcome back to the In Focus show. Right then, so we were discussing and kind of working our way slowly through the Conservative Party manifesto for a little, uh, this is what we got to look forward to style section. (laughs) Um, We're going to skip out on the pensions increase and also the universal credit policies, simply because we've talked a lot about tax and money already. But the next one we are going to discuss is that they want to reach net zero carbon by 2050. Philippa, what's your output on that? Yeah, so again, I think that this is an essential policy. I think we all accept that there needs to be change with the environment drastically. Um, I think that you're going to disagree with me, but I think that the Labour Party manifesto was very much highly optimistic and I think wouldn't have been achieved. Whereas I think with this, it's accepting that change needs to happen in a society where, you know technology and creating pollution is just part of a part of the world we live in and I think it's perfect that they've given us a date that is achievable and if we beat that date then perfect you know they've but at the rate but that uh, that but at that rate it's not good it's it would be too late and I mean to be honest this is coming back to what the Green Party has said earlier about this is a day like they really that it needs to be done at a very at a very quicker rate like 
um, it needs to be so like the Labour Party and um, Labour Party and um, Labour Party, Green Party, Liberal Democrats say 2030, and that's because they want to do it at a very at a much quicker way. But just <laughs> just coming on, I've just seen a tweet from Donald Trump again. Congratulations to Boris Johnson on his great win. Britain and the United States will now be free to strike a massive new trade deal after Brexit. This deal has the potential to be far bigger and more lucrative than any other than any deal that could be done, that could be made with the EU. Celebrate Boris. Okay, yeah. So coming back on to the net zero carbon uh, by 2020, Jack, what's your views on this? Um well the Conservatives clearly aren't taking this seriously because you had a prime opportunity to sell your manifesto in a climate change debate on Channel 4 and your leader refused to turn up and you sent your environment secretary. He had prior engagement. Uh, elite. Yeah, but it's a leader's debate. He should have prioritised. But he was also still Prime Minister at the time and he had prior engagements which were made whilst he was Prime Minister. Yeah, but all yeah, the but he should have sacked it off. Yeah, and, but he sent a representative. And yeah, what more to a leader's do? debate. Michael Gove is not a leader. Boris Johnson and is all a other previous prime minister. All other previous Prime Ministers have actually had the time to do this. And but so there, there Boris was Johnson massive amounts of things, debates on TV, more so I mean, than okay, normal. Okay, and why should, he had prior engagement. Okay, okay. It was, it, it, the election was done more rushed than a normal general election okay. when they're prepared for it. But he, I'm not, I'm not being funny. If he, he had prior engagements that were made when he was Prime Minister. If he decided to sack it off for tea round his grandma's but, fair enough but he didn't but he, was he had prior engagement he was going around to like lots of different businesses and I'm not not being wrong it clearly, was, it clearly was a success going around all these businesses but, because people but, have voted for him yes but like he's avoided lots of scrutiny from from like like all these debates that that people want to question him why and if if there, if there was more scrutiny then I, I think there would have been a smaller majority I think they'll st- they would still conservatives would have the majority, but it, w- it would have been on a much smaller scale because people would be aware. And um, I think what people like about the Conservative Party is that they they don't over egg the pudding with the Labour Party. Their policies on many things, including the environment, were very very optimistic, but, and I think it worries people. But Whereas the thing this, is, they're accepting that there is a problem. But the thing is, but you can't say, oh well, we'll do it like it will plant. Three million trees, or whatever it was, it because they poss- can't. Yeah, it, it, no, it is three million trees. Come on. We've got over sixty million people in the UK. That means that one in two people have to plant one tree. Well, no, I can't remember the exact. But number. remember, but no, no. I want to go back to three hundred million. Is is a re- is, don't say it is unrealistic. It is a realistic target. Come on, you've seen. Oh, sorry. I'm okay, going to so bring it back to Jack, team trees. Oh, sorry, Jack, can we just uh, hear from your point? Sorry. Ah, sorry. Uh, I I was coming back to the fact that you say that 2050 isn't uh, is is an easy target but we've been told two years ago that we had 12 years to sort out the climate crisis and you see that 2050 is a good target that's too late talk about talk to the islanders in kiribati that are going to lose their habits uh, that are going to lose their livelihoods because rising sea levels are going to destroy their homes uh, talk about the many animals that are becoming extinct because of our actions. 2050 is a terrible date because we are going to be too far gone and it just goes to show that the Conservatives 
are not serious about this because Boris Johnson had the opportunity and did not take it, did not turn up to a leader's debate. And I don't care what you say about had prior engagements. I'm pretty sure every other leader had prior engagements. But climate change is such a pressing topic and he should have attended. Philippa, what was your final thoughts then on this uh, policy from the Conservative Party to have net zero carbon by 2020, 2050 even? Yeah, so it might be as you're trying to as you're saying too little too late but i think even with 2030 we missed the deadline and also i just don't think it would be achieved by 2030 looking at the labor party's manifesto for the environment it wasn't it wasn't achievable it was very overly optimistic and i think it's better to be honest with people and that is what people prefer rather than saying things that sound good and look good on paper but actually won't be performed which i think is what the labor's where the Conservative Party differs from the Labour Party. Okay, brilliant. Thank you for that one. We're also going to be looking at the points-based immigration system idea and a Manchester to Leeds rail line. In focus, general election night special. Welcome back to the In Focus General Election Night special. And the next point that we're going to get to is introduce a points-based immigration system. So, Philippa, do you have a bit more on that one for us? Yeah, so I think that this is a great idea. We need to deal with the overcrowding and the ever-growing population. And I think it's important that we allow people into the country who are going to benefit the country and you know benefit all of us and pay their taxes is this similar to in australia yeah yeah and i think that it works effectively in australia and i think new zealand have it as well and i don't see why we shouldn't i don't see why we should want people coming to our country who aren't going to provide us with anything surely it makes sense to have people that are going to benefit us i mean we already have plenty of people benefiting us let's be fair we rely on a vast immigrant population to be our fruit pickers to be our nurses and doctors in the nhs i find it outrageous that we seem to be vilifying people that genuinely want to come to this country and benefit it just because they may not be ceos or they may not be the highest paid of doctors they're not scrounging from society they do genuinely add to it so this is this isolationist approach of we're gonna make it as difficult as possible for anybody to emigrate to this country and reap what you sow from it i think it's horrific but i don't think it's fair if people are going to come and not pay their you know pay their way we're i just think that it's You've got to draw the line somewhere, and I think that the point system is a fair way of doing that. I mean, that. we've already got a point system. It just doesn't apply to the European Union because the freedom of movement is a thing. If you talk about not adding to a country, why don't you go and talk to the multiple British migrants across Europe that have gone to retire? What are they adding? Yeah, no, I agree with you. What are they adding? I think that they should have to learn the language of the country they're in. I think they should have to work there. And I think they just should but, have to pay the taxes Okay, so but this is the thing at the moment. So we, to get a British citizenship, you have to take a citizenship you have to take a citizenship test and this, this is a thing I'm gonna this is a thing my dad had to take a few like back when he came to the UK when he married my mum he got he got a British citizenship and a full British passport when he took his test and he passed it and he did all that no points based system like that and now he works as a taxi driver and now he works as a taxi driver 
full, for full time. And then he does like lots of other things. And to be honest, I think the points-based system, we need to do it in a way, like, I think it's not a good idea. Like, it depends on what, what it is. I think it's a points-based system is not really a good idea. I think it's more like to do with work visas and just bringing people into the UK to work and to just have it have it like that. I don't think a points ba- a points based system won't work. To be honest, I mean, I, it, I keep saying we've already got a points based system in this country. Yeah, and that we've got outside yeah. the European Union to emigrate to this country have to abide by a points based system to be let maybe, in. So I don't understand why we want to increase it. Maybe, when at the end of the day, no, no, as a maybe country, we greatly updated. benefit from the freedom of movement inside the European Union. So you can guarantee, as soon as we slap on any sort of immigration system against the European Union, they're going to do one against us and that's I mean, going to greatly do- affect... But, but the thing is, we've got to draw the line somewhere. We've got all these issues with schools, you know, if the you NHS... you dare say this is all down to immigration... Uh, no, I'm not I'm, saying I'm, it's but the- all down to immigration, but I'm saying it's part of the problem and I'm the people that work for the NHS that are from abroad are benefiting the country, they're helping us, they're providing us with a service, therefore they should stay. But we can't have hundreds of people being let into the country if they're not benefiting our country. This actually relates, so this is going to probably relate back to Brexit. Once we leave the European Union, then I think the immigration system needs to be completely updated because because at the moment... We would we would lit we would not have enough people to fill jobs where we would where we would have like unskilled labour, uh, hard labour hard labour jobs and skilled and skilled jobs which which in reality our points based system won't work. Like we need something a bit we need something different to a points-based system once we leave the European Union. At the moment, a points-based system for immigration works at the moment because we have free movement from the European Union. But after we leave the European Union and we stop free movement of people from the European Union, this is this system's not going to work but anymore. But we're not banning all people. We're just saying that you've got to meet a certain criteria. Well, yeah, no, but this it needs to change it. It needs to change, maybe not to a points-based system, but something that work so that we're able to still meet the demand of un, like hard labor hard labor jobs that that don't require as many skills compared to skilled jobs like nurses doctors where we need jobs at the moment i think the point space system we, the coming points that we've got only works for n- people coming into the uk to work as a doctor to work as a nurse to work work for businesses so i think it needs to be it we've got it with it's in place it needs to be improved after brexit but also it goes to having to go a top-down reaction as well to businesses that willingly undermine the uk workforce by employing cheap labor because we are so we so badly enforce laws that we allow businesses to get away with paying migrants from Europe across Asia under minimum wage and they can get away with it. So a points-based system will benefit that? No, a points-based system won't benefit it. What we need to do is not is go after bosses that willingly 
undermine by paying lower wages and that doesn't just apply to immigrants as well it applies to this uk where, workers as so well this is yeah. where like a but work visa sort of thing will come in with a points-based system, you'll have less people coming in. So then these businesses will have to incentivize British s- people to do these unskilled jobs but I don't and see, pay them the but, proper way. But I don't see British people queuing up to go and pick our fruits and vegetables that we digest over summer, we, go and clean our hospitals. because there's people coming over who are prepared to no, do it No, but there's plenty of jobs not- there already. There's just no one queuing up for it because we've built a kind of lazy society where exactly and with the points based system we can't afford to be lazy people but we have don't to go have out. enough British we, citizens have to go out and do it for themselves or no one will be there to pick their fruit and but veg. we don't have enough people like in the UK we don't have like enough because people want people want more than just a simple job but, this people, is, but with when there's fewer people so clear supply and demand when there's less supply you know, you've, you've got to increase the wages and then people will go and do those jobs. So it will benefit British citizens, I think, no end. No, I think it needs... And also, the points-based system in Australia actually encourages immigration because that's what they want. They've got the highest immigration per capita outside of the United Arab Emirates, which is number one. So I can't really understand why we want to implement a system to cut immigration for a system that actually encourages it because that's what Australia needs. But I think it's getting people of a certain calibre, which, you know, is what we want. I, I'm not saying then, that we can't have anyone coming into our country but then, and that we've all got to be, you know, British. I think it's you've got to have that immigration and they're you, people doing jobs that have more, ske- more training and more skills than, you know, I have. And lots of us have, but lots then, of people have, and I think that it's it's only fair to make it. M- you can't just let everyone in. That's just not how. It's just not fair. Create this dilemma of then like, in you you have like all this unskilled labour, then people will be less likely to go for skilled jobs. So, then what? Then what's going to happen? We're going to f- may see a decrease in people who want to do skilled jobs then instead if we're going to increase like hard labour jobs or pe- jobs that don't require as much skill as No, people will skilled. still do the skilled jobs because they'll still get paid more than if they were doing an unskilled job and at the end of the day I think a lot of people just work for the what goes <sighs> in be, their pay packet And also what month. are you going to tell to the, pe- the numerous European immigrants that have been refused settled status despite having jobs in the NHS, in teaching, in university lecturing. But this is why I think we need a system introduced that works for everyone and is fair. But I think we've I th- already have a system that works and is fair and we're getting rid of it and throwing people out of the country that are legitimately here working in skilled labour in skilled jobs that this system supposedly wants to bring people in, but we're throwing them out. It makes zero sense. But that's because there's been this issue this whole issue with Brexit where no one's known what's going on. I don't want to bang back on about Brexit, but at the end of the day, I think this has got to be introduced after Brexit to stop things like that happening and making sure that people who are providing for us can stay and that's fair. And also Im- immigration I think is such an issue blown out massively out of proportion because we are getting since the Brexit referendum, we are getting less people coming into this country because we are, as a society, making it less um, ideal for people to come here. We've created such a horrific society 
and it's unwelcoming for people to come here. But I think that's the uncertainty. So people don't know if they're going to be able to stay. People don't know what's happening. And I think. But why is that such a positive for this country that we've created no, a society I don't think that it's isn't a positive, welcoming? And this is why I'm saying and that's that a system, this point system is a system that's not welcoming to people because it's telling people you have to be earning thirty-five thousand pound a year to get into this country. A lot of pe- a lot of immigrants in this country come here, start from very little, and have worked their way up. We're not going to get any of these people. These okay. believers. Okay. So like, what, what overall? What would you say? Like, in my opinion, I'm this is like my final say. I think like a a point like a point system is not going to work because it a point system really works only for just skilled job labour. But then again, you can't just have it like with free movement of things. So you needs to have it. Uh, you need to have it more. You need to have like more of a ref- a reformed immigration system where. Um, I believe where you where people can come into the country regardless whether it's a skilled job or hard, or hard labor unskilled job and you come in and you can work whatever job maybe on a visa for a specific period of time before you can apply to, for British citizenship and continue your job something like that that's that's my that's my final say on all this what about you Phil well, I think points-based immigration systems the way forward. But right then, so we're going to close off the show by giving each of our panelists about a minute just to finish up with their final thoughts. Um, can I have a volunteer to go first. Well, we're so excited. I'll go first. <laughs> go on, on then, Jack. Um, it's a disastrous night for Labour Party and the Lib Dems. Joe Swinson standing down, unsurprising since she's lost a seat. Labour, I think, have finally been found out for a poor Brexit strategy and choosing a side a bit too late to ultimately gain the trust of their trusted voters up north. And that's really cost them this election. Going forward, I'm really worried about the lack of depth in the Conservative manifesto is going to leave them hung and dry if Brexit's finally done to try and resolve the multiple social issues that... Uh, the last nine years of Conservative majority government has led us to. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to go to Amir next for your minute worth of a roundup, please. Uh, yeah, I mean, first, first thing, Caroline Lucas. Uh, I like, I like, I love this tweet. Well, at least. Caroline Lucas has kept her seat, so I suppose that's a bonus. Hashtag general election 2019 from Sophie. I love that tweet. Thank you very much, Sophie. And also, I'm really um, surprised I, that Bowles and Stokes, Dennis Skinner, is now not in Parliament. I'm going to miss his black rod quips. It's- Amazing night. Green Party apparently beat the Brexit Party, just according from Demon Media. Have a look online for the, all the updates. And also... Um, I'm annoyed. I'm quite sad that Labour lost, but it's at least they've got 200 seats, and that's the main thing. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Uh, the Green Party did beat the Brexit Party, admittedly by one seat to zero, but, you know, <laughs> a win's a win. Um, finally, uh, Philippa, can we go to you for your uh, final thoughts on this? Yeah, so I think we were all shocked when we saw the exit poll earlier and we were like that's never gonna happen blah 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 so i'm very happy that it's paid off all the hard work's paid off i think it's exciting we've got a majority things will happen whether you agree or disagree at least something's gonna happen right now um i'm very happy i'm gonna crack open the prosecco and go to bed (laughs) (laughs) wonderful Brilliant. Right, well, that does leave us then at the end of the show. So we'll have one final roundup of where we are this evening. In the focus.
General Election Night Special. Yes, so we have got a Conservative win. At the moment, with a couple of seats still left to declare, we have the Conservatives on 362 seats with a uh, gain of 47 seats from last time. Labour are on 203 seats, losing 59 since last time. We have Lib Dems on 11 seats, losing one since last time. The Brexit Party are on none. The Green Party are on one. And the SNP have taken Scotland by force, painted it yellow and had some haggis at the same time. They have got 48 seats, up 13 from last time. There are 23 votes for others. That is it from us for tonight. We are all going to go home, have a lovely sleep and wait for the last couple to come in, but we won't be awake when they do. We hope everyone has a wonderful day and we bid you a good night. In Focus, General Election Night Special.